Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead, open them up to the book of Romans. Uh, we're going to end up in the 12th chapter today, Romans uh, chapter 12. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, September the 5th, we'll be launching back into our merge groups and our student groups. And then uh, on that following Sunday, so in two Sundays from here, uh, we will be going into uh, the letter of James. And we'll start uh, James 1.1 and we'll make it all the way through chapter 5. It'll take us uh, a good portion of the fall into the winter. Uh, and so we, we believe around here uh, that walking through books of the Bible is a great way of us um, seeing the Word of God in context, but then secondly, uh, as we approach some places, and you'll find them, uh, you'll find them especially in James, uh, that, that there will be some places that you say, you know, I would rather us just ignore those portions of God's Word uh, because it makes it more easier for me to uh, not have to do certain things with certain people. Uh, and, and But what James does is, is, is walk us into some of our difficulties uh, walk us into some of our challenges and say, hey, this is God's heart for you. Uh, this is how God wants us to live uh, because he wants the best for us. And so we walk through books of the Bible because we don't want to be cowards of his word. Uh, and so starting on the 9th, I can't wait. I've been, I've been chomping at the bit for, uh, well, really since last, uh, last spring uh, to get into James. And so we'll be, we'll be going there. Uh, but as we travel to those dates, what we wanted to do uh, is to take two Sundays and, and refresh ourselves on the culture of the community that we're trying to create here uh, at Merge. Uh, I, I, I heard something, I heard someone say something this week about the differences between vision and cultures. Uh, and, and it really, it struck a no. It says uh, that, that a vision uh, statement, I don't know if you are a big leadership person, but a vision statement or a mission statement, uh, they say a vision statement can be a helpful sign uh, for where an organization or where a ministry wants to be. Uh, but uh, that, that culture can eat your vision for breakfast. Uh, that, uh, and when I heard it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. And the longer I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, we could uh, come up with mission statements around here, which we have, and we can make brochures and we can build websites with front pages that tell people kind of who we want to be. We can uh, take pictures of all the cute kids, you know, and build posters and say this is what Merge is about. Uh, but if we're not aware of the culture that's being developed, we will find ourselves in places that we didn't intend. Uh, and so when we uh, ask ourselves about our vision here, when we ask ourselves about what we hope people would see in us, uh, one of the things we consistently come back to is saying is to say, how is that playing itself out? Uh, because again, we can say one thing and we can live a different way, and that culture will will eat us up if if we're not careful. And so, uh, to do that, uh, our vision uh, is to shape a culture, and the way we do that is to say we long for merge to be what we call a missional community. Uh, and and again, we didn't come up with that word. You could. Uh, go to a, a Lifeway, you can get online, and you can find that word shared in a lot of different places. Um, but we long to be a missional community. And we mean that in a couple of different ways. We, we long to be missionaries here in Azel, uh, realizing that, that we can have the same kind of movement uh, that a missionary in Africa could have right here in our own hometown. You can be a missionary without ever leaving your zip code. Uh, and then secondly, we would be a missionary in the sense of how do we serve um, not just our community, but how do we serve this 
community. And, and so last week I gave us a definition of, of what we talk about when, when we're using that word missional, because it can mean a lot of different things. And, and what we've said is that, that being missional uh, means being intentional about reaching others with the message of Christ while serving them with the love of Christ. Uh, that we want to be very intentional, that, that it doesn't do us much good as believers uh, to, to claim that we walk with God if we're not invested in the lives of other people to tell them about how great God is. Uh, and then secondly, we do that with the power uh, that the Holy Spirit provides us uh, in serving them with the love of, of Jesus. And, and so uh, we, we are missionaries to this city for the purpose that we would help people who are far from God, find life in Christ. Uh, and then last, we said last week, that job is outgoing as, more than it's incoming. Uh, and so uh, if your job is to outsource your need to evangelize to people, to me, you're not walking in step with the way God has called you to live. And so, so who are you investing in? And so we asked some questions. And I gave you some homework. And you were all like, oh, I hate homework. Uh, and then this week when your kid was like, oh, I hate homework, you're like, I get you, bro. I get you. Uh, but still, we have to do it. And, and at the end of it, uh, what we asked was, was this question, what needs to change in my life to be a more effective person living on mission? So how does that, how does that begin to play itself out? And, and so where, where last week we spoke about the movement of our church into our community, uh, today I want, us, I want to walk you through uh, some thoughts regarding the movement of our church inside this community. Uh, just just a, a show of hands, okay? Uh, we we started meeting here the first week of January. Uh, we didn't actually say we were meeting here until uh, January the 20th. So so if you've been part of Merge, if you started showing up to Merge after January the 20th, let's just just raise your hand for me, okay? So so you could. No, no, keep it up, keep it up, because everybody's still looking at me. I want you to look around, okay? All right? That's a considerable change, okay? Uh, that's a considerable amount of people. Oh, you can now put it down. Thank, thank you, Tara. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, if you would listen to me the whole way through, you'd have put your arm down earlier, um, but you were chit-chatting over here, and so, all right, all right, Linda, come on. Lock it in, bro. Um, so so that's, that's a considerable amount of people joining in uh, in a really short amount of time. Uh, and so it's easy for our culture to get away. Uh, and so what I want us to understand is that this is very important uh, to us here. And so uh, what I want to talk about is, is what that looks like. How are we missional with each other? Uh, how do we walk with one another? How do we serve one another if our intention is to reach people um, with the message of Christ, serving them uh, through the love of Christ. So how do we serve one another with this kind of a, a mindset, and, and what does that look like? And Romans 12 is going to be very um, helpful to us today as we get to see some very plain things about how that plays itself out. And so let's pray, uh, and then we'll continue talking. Father, we come to you, and we are thankful for your word this morning. We are mindful that uh, there are ways that we can serve one another here that best glorifies you. And I pray as we get to discuss some of these practices that, uh, that you would encourage us and you would motivate us to build in the right kind of, of culture here, that we would be a healthy church. We thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 
And everyone said, Amen. So, so we are missional uh, on our kids' sports teams. We are missional in our city limits. We are missional in our offices when we are intentional about reaching others with the message of Christ while serving them uh, with the love of Christ. And that same process is entirely possible here when it comes to how we operate with one another. And, and so if you call Merge home, uh, or, and if you are already a Christian, this message takes on a different form as we walk in both unity and accountability uh, while striving towards holiness. We want to grow up with Christ together. And, uh, and I think one of the things we have to realize here is that uh, our need to live in intentional relationships with believers, it's, it's not a new thought. Uh, from the beginning before the beginning, uh, we see uh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit operating in unity with one another, in sync uh, with one another, that they enjoy each other's presence. Uh, and, and, and then we move along into our in the beginning. And one of the first things that God says that it's not good, uh, He has all these days of creation, and at the end He says, this is good, I've made this, this is good, I'm I'm really impressed with my own work. Uh, but the first thing he says it is not good about is he looks at Adam and he says it is not good for man to be alone. And so he creates us for community. He creates us for relationship. I mean, think about that just for a moment. That you have Adam who is walking in this garden, uh, that, that he is living in all creation. There is no sin. And yet God says it's not good that he would be walking alone. And I think it's because it, uh, in that moment, the Creator has created something that doesn't reflect Him. And that He didn't create relationship there. And so He gives us, you know, uh, Eve. And, and then we can just continue on. And we can go to Jesus before He's going to the cross. He, he prays for the church. And He prays for the unity of the church, that they would be able to walk together. He says uh, that, that we would be as one like He is with the Father and the Spirit. Praise that we would walk in perfect unity. And some of the most beautiful moments of the church is when God's people are walking in holy unity together. Uh, and some of the most difficult seasons of the church is when we are out of step with those things. And, and, and so it's, it's apparent... That even if none of that was enough, uh, one of the things we see in the book of Acts uh, is, is this natural influence of the Holy Spirit's work uh, to declare the gospel while bringing together new believers, uh, while, while saying, hey, you are part of a fold now. You are part of a group uh, that has great purpose. And, and it's apparent that as we read the Bible, that community is not a peripheral thought. Uh, it's not something that you say, you know, I like the idea of some of these people, so, uh, okay, maybe community will be important, or I'm really irritated with those people, so maybe I don't care about community as much. That, that, that's not uh, on the table for discussion uh, if, if you read the Bible. and Rather, it's a central outworking of God's purpose in our lives and in the world. And, but this doesn't just happen on accident. We have to walk uh, into it. And... And this leads me to one of my fears that we face here in our, in our society currently, uh, is that um, we are increasingly becoming a people more isolated while believing we are more involved in community. 
Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a gr- great case in point in this uh, is uh, just social media. Uh, it's one of the, the illusions of it, that you, are, you believe you are walking with people when really what you're doing is just window shopping their lives. Uh, you're coming by and you're like, oh, that's going on, okay. And then you go, oh, that's going on, okay, right? And then you like or then you, you know. Uh, and, and this is one of the issues we face in our society because we are increasingly becoming more isolated while thinking we're actually closer to people. And when I think through that, I, I wonder sometimes uh, if, if the church, if our attempts to serve as many people as possible, we don't think through some of the similar practices. Uh, the, the number of conversations I have with people, it's really weird um, when I, I'll talk to people and they'll, uh, explain their church the way they operate in their church and and the more people who say you know i've really just become a fan of the live stream uh or or the the uh the podcast uh as as if that gives you a warrant for not showing up for church on sunday or or whenever the church meets uh that that we think we are together because we are in the same kind of space or we're hearing the same kind of message but rather that's not community that's just being in a room uh, together. And so we need to work through uh, some of those things. That, that the teaching here is important, uh, and the singing together is important, and what we are doing in Merge Kids is important, but, but the community that is formed, both in our service and our love with one another, that's where God does His best work. That's where He does it. And now let me just ease some of your tensions. Uh, there isn't going to be a sign-up sheet today for getting involved in a small group or, or showing up here early on Sunday mornings to set up. I'm talking culture, not practice. I'm talking about who we want to become, not what we want to do. And so, so there, and, and here's a confession um, from me to you, is that we don't do this well enough. We don't walk in community well enough here. That, that our hope isn't that we would simply just hang out uh, and walk around from time to time in the same Merge t-shirt. Uh, our hope is that we would engage in a battle, a deep battle for abiding relationships within the body of, of believers. And, and this is where, again, uh, we're finally in Romans 12. We're at, you were like, when are we going to get into that? We're getting to it now. Um, this is where Romans 12 comes into play this morning because Paul is going to give us an instruction for pursuing lives uh, in response to the gospel uh, by offering our bodies as, as living sacrifices. And, uh, and he spent basically the first 11 chapters of Romans talking to us about theology. Uh, and then now in 12, he's going to start talking about how you put that theology into practice, especially when it comes to community. And so, so what we're going to find, we're going to go through verses 3 through 13 this morning. Uh, and that's really unfair because what I wanted to do was walk through pretty much all of Romans with you. Um, but you won't give me that time. All right? Um, so we're going to walk through these ten verses. I'm going to encourage you uh, this week to spend some time in the entire chapter, uh, and then I'm going to encourage you to spend some time this week in the entire book. Uh, and then after that, just read the other books around it, and then all of the books uh, in the Bible. Uh, and so, but, but what we find uh, is three through eight are, are going to give us three needs that create the common ground for how we walk in missional community. Uh, and then verses 9 through 13 are going to give us eight practices. Uh, and you're like, oh my gosh, he's never gone through eight points before in his life. We'll get there eventually. All right? I'm going to try to work through it fast. Uh, and so, but as we read these first three needs, and as I present them to you, 
uh, they shouldn't come as a shock to you uh, because these are the foundations for what God is doing as he assembles his church, as he puts together the bride of Christ. And so, so let's, let's go right here. Verse, oh, you're already there. Wow. We didn't anticipate a need um, or accidentally press the space bar. All right, so here we go. Romans chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, okay, so he's writing to believers, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So, so here's our first thought. To walk in biblical community, we need to have a gospel-impacted perspective. Because you don't think of yourself too high, uh, but yet you think of yourself in sober judgment, and you hold yourself up to the light of what God has done in you. That what God has done for you and for us. That you would walk into that. To fully walk in biblical community, we need to have been changed by the gospel of Jesus. Uh, we, we have to realize the greatest thing we have in common isn't that we live close to each other. It's not that we kind of have the same kind of backgrounds or we had the same mascot when we were younger. Uh, that, that, that's not what brings us together in community. That, that for the church, we have to remember that what brings us together is that we have... We are, we are living lives that have been radically changed by the love of God through Jesus. That the love of God is what binds us together in perfect harmony with one another. Uh, that's what brings us closer together. That we live as true sinners who have been forgiven, who are deeply loved. And this love is changing us. It serves as this motivation for why we are joined together. Why you say, hey, I'm, I might not know them, but I am with them. Uh, I might not know everything about them, but I love them with the love of Christ. And, and, and so, so we do this. We celebrate Jesus in corporate ways because we declare that He is infinitely worthy. And then we encourage one another to keep walking towards Him. We keep walking together into some of the most difficult places of each other's lives. We get, we get to walk with one another into some of the greatest moments of each other's lives. And we get a point saying, hey, God has done that for us. Let us make much of Him uh, together. And so, so our second need uh, comes from verses 4 through 5, where it says this, For as in one body we may have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and are individually members of what? Of another. You said one another. Um, I don't know what King James Version you're reading, lady, uh, but it says another. Uh, I'm just joking. One of another. But that's not what you said, Mom. What you, I'm just joking. Here we go. Focus, all right? So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually we are we and individually members one of another. Now you got me all tripped up about how to read. All right. So so here's 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 our lesson. Here's what we need to know as we walk in biblical community uh, that we embrace a community responsibility. That we embrace a community responsibility. Just as differing members serve in differing ways to make the collective stronger, we can't ignore verse five as it tells us that Christ brings us together. He brings us 
together and in many ways we belong to, to one another. Let me tell you how this is, is playing out in my life. Uh, a couple months ago, I made the mistake of walking with us through uh, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, as it was talking about the body. Uh, I say they made the mistake only because there's a verse that I shared with you that the Holy Spirit just keeps pinning me on the wall with. Uh, and it comes in the, the last verse. It's verse 26 in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And it says something to this effect, that when one suffers, we all suffer. And when, when one rejoices, we all celebrate. And I'm like, ooh. Because I'm pinned. Because I don't do that well enough with people in my life. And we don't do that well enough here. And... And I think we, we don't do it, we don't suffer well together, partly because um, we don't want to risk those parts of our lives. Either, either we're, we're shamed uh, or we feel guilt or, or really any other reason, but what we want to do is hide those parts. And, and this isn't as much about people knowing your business as it, as it is about having a community around you that can protect you when life gets hard. Uh, and and but but for some reason we don't do this and so so case in point uh, in in my life um, Miss, Misty and I are uh, a couple of weeks ago some things came to the surface and and they're just hard uh, it, some some hard things to deal with and it's not uh, first of all it's not marital and it's not medical and it's not merge related um, but but nonetheless it's hard uh, and it's left me struggling um, with with how to walk through. This season, knowing that I, I think of life in, in terms of seasons, uh, and I know um, over the last couple of weeks I've realized that we're in the beginning of a really hard season that's coming up. Uh, sometimes you, you want to experience the hard season looking back, um, but when you're like, oh, this is a road that we're about to travel, not going to be fun. Um, but, but, but I'm struggling with, with what to think, how to feel, what God would have me uh, to do in these uh, in these moments, and, and my inclination is to keep these things private. Uh, and my inclination is to hide uh, these things right underneath the surface of my relationships. Uh, and let's just be honest, we all have that surface um, where you're saying, okay, I don't want it to break through the water's edge because I don't want it exposed. Uh, and so my inclination is to try to hide it all under here. Now, here's the danger. If you want to live like that, like me, uh, the danger is simply this. Just because you keep it buried beneath the surface doesn't mean it goes away. It stays there. And some of the best ways to do, uh, best ways to do, I don't know where that came from, some of the best ways to live life that God says, hey, you bring those things into the light and you surround those things. And so the last couple of weeks, um, Missy and I, we, with some of our closest friends, we've shared some of that burden. And I've told them very honestly, you know, hey, I, I'm hesitant to bring this to the table because I'm in, there's parts of this that can be embarrassing, or at least in my own mind can be embarrassing. And what I have found is that when you're in the right kind of community, you can share those burdens with one another, and it's not as embarrassing as you think that there is grace and there is love and there are shared tears as you share burdens. And then what it does is it lightens some of the weight. And so we get it, we're walking through this um, together and 
And I think the covering of support is so very, care, uh, so very important. I think this is the culture we, we long to create here. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying let's take some time and you just kind of stand up and tell us all, what's, all the junk, right? You're like, boy, some of you are like, this is, this is a good therapy session for me this morning. Uh, I got it out and I pointed some fingers. And No, we're not, we're not saying that. But, but that there are. There are people, and sometimes I get to see glimpses of this, and I love it, um, when, when I'm not the one who knows everything about what's going on in everybody's lives. Um, because that's not the culture we want to create here. We want you to be walking with some people, and we want you to be able to share some of those loads. And, uh, but but here's, here's what I'm suggesting you ask, that, that if life is hard for me right now, if I am suffering, who here can I share that burden with? Because if you can't share it with your church body, then there's something wrong with the church body. All right? now, now, what that involves, though, let me just, before you're like, oh, that's exactly what I mean. What that involves is you risking parts of your heart with people here in your church body. It involves you saying, hey, I want to walk with you through these seasons. And so there's a level of, of vulnerability and transparency that we otherwise want to pack beneath the surface of our, of our lives. And... And I'm, I'm under no illusion that we share everything with everyone. I don't do that. Uh, I don't do that with everyone. Um, but, but you do need some people here. You need gospel-centered relationships where you can find a way to walk through life's seasons together. That when one suffers, we all suffer. And when one is honored, we all get to celebrate. We all get to make much of Jesus for what has been going on. And, uh, and that happens... Again, when we're intentional about risking our hearts uh, with one another. And now, here's what I know. Some, for some, that's easier than others, right? Um, uh, and I think the great divide is between men and women. Um, that, that ladies tend to be able to be more vulnerable with one another. Men tend to be more stoic uh, with one another. And they pray that uh, as long as this conversation remains in the sports realm, I'll be in good shape today, Right? But in order for you to raise your, to lead your family as a shepherd, you need relationships with other men where you are spurring one another on uh, in both love and, and good deeds. And I'm sorry, let's just keep moving. Number six, verse six, that we would have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Right? If, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service. In our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads, he leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with, with cheerfulness. But here's where I want you to draw your attention. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. And so this is, this is number three. To walk in biblical community, we need to celebrate our diversity. Realizing that we've been gifted in different ways to serve the whole. That, that what God does in a healthy body of believers is a beautiful thing in that He gifts us and then He brings those gifts together to maximize our strength and our abilities. Um, that there, there are very few things in life I'm good at. Um, and there are a lot of things that a lot of you are really great at. Uh, and when we get to walk in community with one another, those gifts get combined. Uh, in fact... Um, he doesn't give you a special ability or a gifting of the Spirit so that you could hoard it, uh, so that you could use it for your own personal benefit. That's not the way it works. What we have to embrace is that He gifts each of us and we use that diversity to serve 
not only our community, but our community here. Um, and this is how we walk in health, and this is how the world is changed through the gospel, that, that with our powers combined, we are Captain Planet, right? You, you, you felt it, right? You felt it was, you're like, I think we're going to have a Captain Planet thing. And if you don't know who Captain Planet is, um, there's a great church across the street. Um, we like you. Um, or your homework assignment is watch all of the seasons of Captain Planet, right? Because um, who doesn't need that, all right? So here we go, all right, we're, we're running late. Um, enough shenanigans, this is your fault. All right, so very quickly, very quickly, here's, here's we want to ask this question, okay? So, so if these are, these are the foundations, if these three things are foundational to us for how we walk in community, how do we, the next question is, how do we put those things into practice? How do we best do that? Paul is going to give us many marks that signify the difference that Jesus makes while we live in community. And he's just going to tell us some very basic things for how we operate. Uh, and so this is, this is where we get going. Uh, verse 9. Nope. Here we go back. Verse 9. There we go. That we would let love be genuine. Okay? We would abhor what is evil. We would hold fast to what is good. We would love one another with brotherly affection. We would outdo one another. Oh, like, all right. I've been part of churches that outdo one another. That's fun, right? No, no. We would outdo one another in showing, what's that word? Honor. That we would do not be slothful in zeal. We would be fervent in spirit. We would serve the Lord. We would rejoice in hope. That we would be patient in tribulation. We would be constant in prayer. We would contribute to the needs of the saints and seek. Okay, check that. That's a you can circle that word. You're allowed, right? You would seek to show hospitality. You would seek those things out. So let me just real quickly give you these eight things that, that we, what are some of the practices of biblical community? Number one, that we would love in genuine ways. And here's what, here's what I'm learning about love. There, there are facets and degrees of love that we try to treat uh, with one another in this world. And, and sometimes it's very reluctant, right? I have to love you because I've been told to, Right? Or, or I have to respond with, I love you too, because you told me I love you, right? And, and, and now what I'm learning is that as we operate in the love of Christ, that love becomes natural. <laughs> that it doesn't have to be forced. When we choose to love people because Jesus has loved us, that love becomes a much more natural outflowing of our lives. And we talk about this quite a bit here, that, that we have to grow in our capacity to love. And if you're a loving person right now, you continue to grow in it. And if you struggle in operating in love, you would continue to grow in that. And that this would never go away because being genuine in our expressions of love with one another um, serves as this badge to the rest of the world of whose we belong to and what the purpose of our life becomes about. Number two, we should pursue holiness. We should pursue Holiness, And I think it's a novel idea that the people of God would actually pursue, I don't know, the things of God. That, that what, what is important to Him would be important to us. What He tells us to do that we would choose to do out of joy. And those things that He tells us to stop doing. We would have the audacity to believe Him in faith that He knows why He's telling us to stop doing those things. And I love the way Paul 
puts it here. He says, he says, hate the things that are evil, cling to the things that are good. Just hate it. Just hate it and then cling to those things that are good. And, and this is our motivation for living in the response of what Jesus has done for us. Number three, we should be devoted to one another. We should be. And now, now that happens here. Okay, now hear me. This, this, this is the community that we're trying to foster here, uh, that we should be devoted to one another, but that also applies to the rest of the body of Christ, meaning that, that the church right here across the street, we are devoted to them, and we are devoted to the ones down the street, we are devoted to the ones around us. We talk a lot about here, we're not here to compete, we're here to serve alongside the churches in our community. And so we are devoted to making much of Jesus together. Uh, as we operate in community, we just tend to sit in this room on Sunday, and they sit in that room. So we are devoted to one another. And, and here's what I know, is that when our love is sincere, our devotion becomes very obvious. I, I am most devoted to the people in my life that I love the most. Right? Think through that. I, mean, I, I think you are too. You're much more willing to put up with a lot of the junk that they bring to the table because you love them, right? Parents are looking at their kids right now and kids are looking at their phones. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Number four, we, we should not be spiritually lazy. We should not be spiritually lazy. As we serve one another, we are ultimately serving God. Uh, and so, so we should continually be in this practice of service, and we should fight hard in the tendency. Do you, do you realize this, that it's okay to, to go to bed tired at the end of the night because you worked hard for God? It's okay. It's okay to be exhausted uh, because you have been serving God, that you were doing your job in a way that glorifies God, that you were loving your kids in a way that glorifies God, that, that you being tired uh, is is a, sometimes a good indication that you were doing something important. Right? And so, so when God says, hey, hey, there's an adventure I want you to go live out, there's an adventure I want us to go on, uh, you should be willing to say, ah, nah, not today. I am tired. And we shouldn't be lazy. You shouldn't. Number five, we should be joyfully hopeful. Joyfully hopeful. I know it's a crazy notion. Um, how about the people in the world who have the most to be joyful about actually be the most joyful person around? Right? If, if you've been rescued by the love of God in Jesus, you have joy, unspeakable joy. And so asking yourself that question, if I am found in Christ, where is my joy? Is that a way people would describe me? Do people want to be around me because I am a joyful person? Because we all know those people in our lives, right? We all enjoy spending time with people who have joy. And so Paul just says, be hopeful in your joy. Know that today is the day that the Lord has made. Know that as you trust in Him, know as you grow up in Him, that He knows better than anybody else that He has put you in this position and this opportunity for great purpose. That we must wear joy with one another because we're living in the greatest gift of all time in Jesus. That's the greatest opportunity. Number six, uh, that we should be patient in all seasons. 
We should be patient in all seasons. Now, now, admittedly, uh, not that I'm trying to rewrite what Paul wrote, uh, because 12 actually says, um, verse 12 actually says that we should be patient in tribulation. Uh, but what I know is that if I can learn to be patient when life is difficult, I can also learn to be patient when life is not difficult. And so we would carry patience in all situations because we believe firmly that God has placed us in these moments for great purpose. That, that it's safe to assume that being patient in affliction can be the result of being joyfully hopeful. Uh, because in the midst of being wounded, being attacked, you can rest assured that the battle is not going unnoticed. That, that God sees what's happening. He's attentive to His children whom He dearly loves. Number seven, we should be faithful in prayer. We should be faithful in prayer. Not just in the, hey man, I heard this is going on, I'll be praying for you as I walk along. We should be faithful in prayer to say, hey, I know things are going on. I know there's these opportunities that you're trying to work through. Let me pray for you. And then us have the, again, as we risk our hearts with one another, that we would go together in prayer to God. That we would pray over one another. Husbands, do you realize, okay, you might not, so if this is news to you, this is a good lesson for you, that your walk with God isn't just a solo mission? That you can pray with your children? You can pray with your spouse? That what God is telling you doesn't have to reside just by yourself? That one of the best ways you model that you're a family shepherd is by leading your family in the practice of prayer? Number eight. Number eight. We should be generous with one another. Everybody cool it? You're like, oh, this is the collection time. Right? He's going to talk about the tithe. Right? And if you feel that, maybe there's something the Holy Spirit's working on you with. Right? Not me. That's you and you and God. But but we should be generous with one another. And it sounds strange that Paul would have would tell us this, right? He says, Hey, if your life's been changed um, by the generosity and the graciousness of the Heavenly Father, uh, then you should be a generous person. And sadly, when we look at the church, that's not altogether the case. That we can be a stingy people. And, and now, uh, if it weren't so, then Paul wouldn't have to tell us the kind of things that we would tell three, four, and five-year-olds about being kind to one another. Uh, yet Paul seems to feel the need to treat us like kids and tell us uh, that we are to share with those who are in need. Uh, we are to practice being good friends. And, and this is something we have to go from knowing what we should do to actually putting those things into practice, uh, we can start wrapping this up, Swan. One of my one of my favorite places uh, in the Bible is the Book of Acts because you get to see the early church develop. Uh, that the Holy Spirit shows up, uh, empowers people for the purpose of the gospel, and you start to see like daily thousands of people coming to Christ. And there's much to be made about Jesus. But then what we get to see is develop are are how this body starts to to operate with one another. And they would do things like uh, they would meet in each other's homes and they would 
break bread and they would pray with one another. They would they would open the Bible and they would talk about it and they would they would desire to live according to the Bible. I know crazy thought for churches. Uh, and there wasn't any laser shows and there wasn't like T-shirts that were being shot out of guns, you know. Um, but but there's there's one thing there's one verse and I, I think it's in uh, chapter four as it's describing the community that's being built. It says that, that they all shared with each other freely. And I'm not going to talk about hippie talk here, okay? But, but they, they knew about the needs of their community. And they served one another. And there's one line. I, I, I should have found it. I should have done my job, but this wasn't in the notes. Uh, but but there, there's a line that says, And there was not a need among them. There was not a need. It was really there, right? You've read that before? Okay, good. I had to make it up. All right, good. That there was not a need among them. And you want to talk about a vision statement. There was not a need among them because they operated as a healthy community. And that comes out of this realization that God loves you so much that He sent Jesus into your life to rescue you. And then in order for you to walk in health, that you would walk with a community of people. As we try to do what all the other churches in our community should be trying to do. To reach those who are far from God with the love of Christ. And so we are missional when we make that our mission. When we are intentional about reaching others for the, with the message of Christ, serving them with the love of Christ. We are missional around here when we are intentional about walking in community together. And I say this all the time. That's, this, is, this room, this space, what we've been doing here can be very misleading. Because you can feel that you are part of a community when really you're just sitting in a room with some other people. Like, we shook hands a second ago, and nobody, nobody said, hey man, let me tell you my deepest, darkest secret today, right? Because those moments are forged over time as trust is built. But you will never accidentally find community to surround you with. You have to be intentional. And so, again... In the hallway, we don't have these sign-up sheets for Best Friends Club, right? That's not our intention. We're not trying to find you people to go to dinner with at, on Friday nights. All right? Just be a nicer person and maybe people will invite you to those things. All right? But we are part of a community that has been assembled for great purpose. And the legacy and the mission and, and the, the celebrations of this church has nothing to do with us or the logo or the website or this beautiful Taj Mahal of a space that we meet in. It has everything, everything, everything to do with what God is doing in us, through us, and around us as He puts on display His great worth. Our desire this week is to love God. Bye. Please stand with me.
we wrap up, let me make a couple things available. If you need prayer this morning, we want to pray with you. We want to know, not so that we can put you on a list and be like, oh man, check out what's going on there. Are there things going on in your life that it would be helpful for a community to walk alongside? We want to walk alongside you there. As you leave this space today in that back, there will be some people back there. Just grab some of them. If you accidentally stand over there and somebody grabs to pray with you, um, just go do it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. See if that prayer took. Um, but maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe we talk about community and you're like, I don't know why I need community um, because I don't know Jesus. And we pray that today you would ask him into your heart. Nothing gets celebrated more than that around here. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you and we love you. And I pray that you would help us be a community that loves you and loves people. That we would put some of these things into practice. Father, we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.